the next 30 minutes, I'm going to give you a special phone number where you can call so that I can send you a special gift this week. Get your paper and pen ready. Now, in your service, already in progress. record which a friend gave me a long long time ago I don't know how old it is might might be 30 years old <clears throat> and it's um ever since then it's been one of my favorite things to listen to either when I'm falling asleep at night or uh you know when you've done some illicit substances that uh interfere with you falling asleep but you want to lie in a dark room and just chill out and sort of Come Back to Earth, uh, that's one of the records I've listened to a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Probably the only one I've listened to more in that particular context is uh, Pat Metheny, Lyle May's record called As Falls Wichita, So Falls Wichita Falls. I think every time I hear a song from that album, I, I have a flashback, <clears throat> even though I don't believe in flashbacks, but uh, let's call it state-specific learning. Anyway, I'm back at you uh, just uh, a night after. It's still a full moon, by the way, um, because I forgot that I had promised a guy on the Reddit conversation board that I would address one of his questions in the fall, in the next Roma. And I did it last night and I totally spaced it out because it wasn't an email. So I didn't have it in the normal place where I uh, respond to stuff. So... Um, Oh, by the way, this this KLF uh, chill out record, the whole thing is a train. Uh, it's like a journey and it takes you through like different places. I'll give you a sense of some of the the names of the of the tunes or the tracks. Uh, the first track is Brownsville Turnaround on the Tex-Mex border. Next one is Pulling Out of Ricardo and the Dusk is Falling Fast. Six Hours to Louisiana, Black Coffee Going Cold, Dreamtime in Lake Jackson. Madrugada Eterna. Justified and Ancient seems a long time ago. Even the titles are fucking beautiful. Elvis on the radio, steel guitar in my soul. <clears throat> I think I'll play that when I'm done talking here. Uh, 3 a.m. somewhere out of Beaumont. Wichita Lineman was a song I once heard. This one is Transcentral Lost in My Mind. The lights of Baton Rouge pass by. A melody from a past life keeps pulling me back. That's a really beautiful one, too. Rock radio in the 90s and beyond. And the last tune is All Alone with the Dawn coming up. 
It's a really beautiful record. If you can find it, uh, it's probably online. I'm sure it's on uh, YouTube. You can just play it on YouTube. Uh, it's a lot of you know, found like um, real life recordings, obviously of trains and samples from radios and um, people singing in churches. It's it's really something. Anyway, um, let's get to this guy's conundrum. Uh, his name on Reddit is Plausible Lee. He says, hey, I'm a 19-year-old guy from a small and very sheltered town in southern Oregon. Uh, I'm starting to travel now with a friend I've known for about seven years, and uh, we've just arrived in our first destination, which is Kauai. I'm very excited about it, but the beginning was really shitty. Right before I left, I had a series of anxiety attacks. Uh, I was diagnosed with an anxiety disorder around the age of 13, nausea, which furthered my anxiety, and crying episodes. My friends were all hanging out upstairs having fun while I was downstairs going through hell, which made it even harder. It's been a lot better since that night, but when I think about what's ahead, I feel that anxiety and sick to my stomach feelings start to boil up again. The thing is, I'm not nervous about the dangers or randomness or shit that might happen to me while I travel. Uh, He's on his way to Southeast Asia. But the fear that I may eat something wrong or get so anxious and start to throw up. I have emetophobia, which is, I guess, the fear of throwing up, he says. And it's the one thing in this world that I would sincerely almost prefer death over. I know I want to travel, but I'm very scared. I've wanted to do what I'm doing for a long time, and I've already met some really great people on my second day here. Um, The most interesting people I've met are well-traveled, and I'm looking forward to everything to come, but it's hard to think about. So he um, turned to the Reddit group to ask for some advice, and I responded, and some other people responded with uh, really excellent advice. Um, it's great. I, I really love the the community dynamic of this thing. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, some of the advice is just fantastic. But listen, he, I promised the guy that I would respond at length. So here's here's the thing. Um, first thing that jumped out at me is I have emetophobia. Now, when we name something, especially doctors, when they name something, they give it a diagnosis, that tends to have an effect. You, you apply a label to something and it digs in its, it digs its roots into you. It it's harder to let something go when you've named it and you have it. Just because of the way the language frames it. So I would encourage uh, Plausible Lee and anyone else to be very resistant of that sort of language and, and the thinking that is encased in that language. I have depression. I have uh, claustrophobia. I have this, I have that. Well, if you think of yourself that way, um, you know, it's basically the same. I have uh, emetophobia. I, I am an emetophobic, right? Now you've labeled yourself as a type of person that's defined by this irrational fear of vomiting. But there are lots of problems with that 
first of all, it's not irrational to really not like vomiting. Vomiting sucks. But like a lot of thing that's, things that sucks, it what sucks about it, or, or the reason it sucks so bad, is the way we've been taught to think about it. I remember a long time ago, I read uh, a book by Andrew Weil. It might have been, I think it's in The Marriage of the Sun and the Moon, which is a fucking lovely book. I really enjoy that book. And every chapter in that book is about a mind-altering substance or experience. So there are chapters about coca and cocaine and mushrooms and um, heroin, and but then things you wouldn't expect like sugar and um, eclipses. The last chapter is eclipses, and that's why it's the marriage of the sun and the moon. He talks about seeing how seeing an eclipse can have a very strong mind-altering, consciousness-altering property. And there's a chapter in there about vomiting. And um, it's very interesting because there are some religions around the world where people get up and vomit every morning. And that's just part of, it's like we brush our teeth and take a dump and you know drink our coffee, whatever. We have our little rituals. In these societies, vomiting is considered uh, a normal part of your morning ritual. Um, And that's like, well, for us, because vomiting is so painful and we associate it with being very ill or very drunk, right? Those are the two times we're most likely to vomit. We have this very negative association with it. But one of the things I remember, and I believe it's in that same chapter, Andrew Weil talks about how you can learn to vomit and it's it's not really that um, unpleasant. And I think he recommends that you practice with ice cream. So when you don't have food in your stomach, you eat some ice cream and then you stick your fingers down your throat and you provoke some vomiting and you, the ice cream comes out and it's still sweet and it's smooth and it, you know, there are no, no giblets <clears throat> and it's... Uh, and it's easy. It's no big deal. Now, I'm not saying everybody run out there and become you know, bulimic. What I'm saying is that this is a bodily function, which is sometimes life-saving. And like many bodily reactions, when we repress it and stop it, we're actually doing ourselves damage. Because sometimes when you need to vomit, it's to get that fucking booze out of your gut because you'll die from alcohol poisoning if you don't. Or it's to get that food out because it's spoiled or it's got some toxin in it that your body's like, dude, get that the fuck out of here. And you don't want to resist that. You want to listen to your body, especially if you're traveling in countries where you're not accustomed to to the food. Your microbiome is not prepared to deal with some of the stuff that's coming at it. So I would not counsel this person or anyone else who's going traveling to figure out ways to avoid vomiting. What I would counsel you is to figure out ways to vomit without it being a big deal. Change yourself. And this is one of the beauties of travel, that you change the way you think about things, you change the way you experience things, everything gets reframed, and that's how we grow, that's how we mature, and that's one of the beauties of maturing in a foreign environment because you get to really see yourself so much more clearly because all the familiar stuff that you're, you sort of bleed into isn't around anymore. So you're in stark contrast. Um, now, I remember the first time I went to India, 
it became very clear to me that there were two kinds of people. There were the people who were super uptight about everything they ate and super focused on their intestinal situation at all times. And there were people who were just like, yeah, whatever. And it became clear to me that I was going to be that second group. I was not going to fucking wash every salad in bottled water and make sure everything was boiled and, you know, ask a million questions to every fucking waiter and every little restaurant I ate in. I wasn't going to avoid street food if it smelled delicious and I saw that people were, it was, the turnover was good. It hadn't been sitting in the sun all day. You know, I, I was reasonable. Um, but hey, I'm out in the world and I'd rather, I, I mean, I'm a strong proponent of the idea that you get stronger by exposing yourself to things and, uh, you know, not overwhelmingly, but bit by bit. So I just took the occasional puking and the uh, occasion or more than occasional diarrhea is like, that's part of travel. Get used to it. It's no big deal. What's, you know, who cares? You go take a shit. It's gone. Um it is a big deal when you're on a long bus ride like I was in Nepal and it felt like there were bombs going off in my stomach. But, um, you know, eventually you can just get up and tell the driver like, dude, I need to get off the bus and he'll pull over and you can go shit behind a bush. And nobody cares. That's the beauty of it. You're imagining because you're an American or you're Irish or you're Australian or whatever, that like if you did that in your home country, it would be a fucking disaster. But in India, it's like, yeah, whatever. Like I need to take a shit. So he took a shit. Um, now, the other the other like bit of lore of of gut health lore I would have. Well, first of all, I took acidophilus a lot, little acidophilus capsules. Um, you can buy them at any shop any grocery store whatever um and if it's too late for plausibly you can get them in bangkok i'm sure uh, it's just a powder and it's the active component in yogurt and things like that and what it does is basically it just keeps blasting uh, live uh, beneficial bacteria into your gut because what happens is when you're traveling in these foreign countries they have different bacteria in their food and your gut isn't used to it, doesn't know how to deal with it. And, and so it's like all this unfamiliar stuff is coming in and there's chaos. So you want to fortify that. So I fortified it by taking acidophilus uh, capsules pretty much every day. And the other thing I did was I, I ate a lot of raw garlic, which also fortifies your, um, your overall vigor and your immune response. And the way you do that is not by chewing it, but you take raw garlic cloves, chop it up into, um, you know, small, whatever you need to swallow, sort of toss it back at the back of your throat, take a big mouthful of water and just fucking swallow it. And, you know, I swallow two, three cloves a day. And it has the added benefit. Of, first of all, you feel fucking great. I felt great. Um, you start, your skin gets a little bit of a garlicky smell, which... I like garlic, so if you like it, um, maybe this is why I never got laid in India. I don't know, but uh, I like the smell. And it also seems to keep mosquitoes away, which is really cool. Um, but the other thing I wanted to say, and I think this was in that Andrew Weil um, chapter, 
is he talks about the uh, digestive system as existing outside of the body. And I found that this was a very useful um, cognitive trick that uh, made it much easier when something was going wrong in my guts. And the, the way to think of it is like, imagine there's a mountain and there's a, a tunnel through the mountain. Uh, and now you're walking through that tunnel. Let's say you're halfway through the tunnel. The question is, are you inside that mountain? Because both ends of the tunnel open up to the open air. There's air flowing through this tunnel, right? So even though you're you're in the mountain, you're not really inside the mountain because you're in this hole that opens on both ends. And that's what your digestive system is. There's a hole on one end, there's a hole on the other end. And stuff comes in, passes through, and goes right out. So it, the stuff that's in your stomach and your intestines isn't, in a way, if you think of it this way, it's not really in your body. It's not in your body till it passes through into your bloodstream and all that. As long as it's in your digestive tract, it's still kind of outside your body. So when you puke or you shit or whatever, you're just moving it from, you know, you're, you're pulling it back out of the tunnel. You're pushing it out of the tunnel. And I found thinking of it that way made it much easier to deal with this stuff. Um, and so to break it down, I would say don't label yourself with your whatever hang up you happen to have at the moment because it's going to make it much harder for you to leave it behind. And, you know, come on, what, how old did he say he was? 19 or something, I think. I mean, you you got a lot of shit going on right now that hopefully is not going to be going on in your life a year, two years, five years from now. So it's really important that you know how to let shit go. And I mean that metaphorically in terms of labeling yourself. And I mean it literally in terms of let it go. If it wants to come out of your fucking throat, let it go. If it wants to blast out of your ass, let it go. You're let stuff flow through you. That's the beauty of travel. And I know this, I mean, (laughs) this is kind of gross maybe, but (laughs) seriously, uh, I think being at peace with your, uh, tumultuous intestines is is something that uh, you gotta you gotta let that happen. You gotta you gotta accept that you're gonna have some uh, some tumult. <laughs> I spent one time. I mean, I I had some really bad days. I don't mean to make light of this. I first time I went to Mexico. It was actually my first trip out of the U.S. Um, and uh, I think I had been to Alaska and I'd, I'd been through Canada, but I hadn't been anywhere where I didn't speak the language or with a you know very different culture. Uh, first time in Mexico, I landed in Cancun and then I went over to Merida, oh, Isla Mujeres in Merida. And this is on the Yucatan Peninsula. And then I, I went on this epic bus ride. It was like 30 hour bus ride. I wanted to get to Palenque. And there's nowhere along the way I really wanted to stop. I wanted to get to Palenque, where they have these there are these Mayan ruins, um, these temples. It's a very intense place. And 
So I, I, uh, I pushed too too hard, you know. Thirty hours on a fucking bus, changing buses, and no, I, that was stupid. I should have stopped somewhere, spent a night somewhere, got a room, got some sleep, get up the next morning and do it. This is the other thing. You're traveling. When you're tired, rest. Don't push it. Because your body, even if you're just sitting in one place, your body's already dealing with a lot. You're adapting to a lot. And that takes a lot of energy. You're already off balance. So, you know, go slow and be easy. Um, but so I pushed it too hard. I got to, I don't know, it was Campeche or I forget the name of the city. But I was trying to sleep on this bench. I had to wait like five hours for the bus to Palenque. And every time I fell asleep, this dude with a broom came over and poked me and woke me up. He wouldn't let me sleep. I guess, he, you know, you're not allowed to sleep in the bus station or something. Anyway, uh, by the time I got to Palenque, I was fucking destroyed. I was a disaster. I found a, a pension. I got a room. Uh, I think it had a bathroom in the room, uh, but I was so sick for the next, it had to be 48 hours at least, that I couldn't even get out of the bed. I was puking and shitting into the one plastic bag that I had in my backpack. So I was lying in this bed, miserable, obviously. And I just had this bag next to the bed. And when I needed to shit, I shat in the bag. And when I needed to puke, I puked right into this bag full of diarrhea. It was fucking disgusting. It's one of my lowest moments ever of travel. I had it so bad and I just lay there and, you know, sleep an hour and then puke and uh, and I couldn't even, I couldn't take the five steps to the bathroom. That's how bad it was. Anyway, I had a water bottle, luckily, so I kept hydrated and, uh, and then I came and then like, you know, when I could finally stand up, I, I, you know, dumped everything and took a shower and brushed my teeth, and I sort of hobbled out of the room onto this terrace, and there was this blonde woman there from Denmark or something, and she was just like really into me for some reason, and I didn't know what was going on, and she was like, I felt so bad. Like I, the last thing on my mind was trying to pick up some woman or like, I was just like happy to be alive. But this woman was like super into me. <laughs> and then later I got, I forget, this is a long time ago, but I, I remember there was some, she was like really into punk rock and she thought I looked like Johnny Rotten or something. So there was, so I was so totally fucked that I looked like some, you know, punk junkie that she was into. So I guess there's a, there's an upside to it, maybe occasionally. All right, that's all I have to say. So break it down. Don't fucking label yourself. Let shit go. Don't worry about it. You are going to puke. Here, I might as well read you what I wrote to him on the, on the Reddit thing. Uh, where did I say? Oh, here it is. One of the best things about traveling is you get to confront and overcome a lot of fears that fester when you're back home. 
what I'd say is that you shouldn't worry about eating something wrong. You will. Or throwing up. You will. Or having shitty days. You will. Or wishing you'd never left and were back in your bed at home. You will. Every one of those experiences will make you a better, stronger, happier, more interesting person. And for every shitty day or experience you have, you'll have 10 absolutely mind-blowingly great ones. So pay the price because it's cheap. That's my fucking advice. All right, I hope you're out there uh, gazing at the full moon, enjoying yourselves, howling, or doing whatever you do to commemorate these things. This is uh, from the KLF Chill Out tape, Elvis on the radio, steel guitar in my soul. Cold and gray Chicago morning.